So welcome, everybody, to the fourth episode of The Outlaw You. I have two super cool people here with me today that I've actually feel like I know them, even though we've never met in person. We've been friends for I don't a few years now, for sure. Yeah. And always been inspired by what you guys do. Um, you guys live in northern New Mexico. And like I said, you guys have been building a brand for quite some time, live lightly. And so I'll just let you guys uh, tell me and the audience a little bit more about, about yourselves. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, we're really happy to be here with you. And I agree. I feel like I know you and your partner, even though we've never met in person. Yeah. <laughs> funny. It's funny how social media works that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I promise one of these days we're going to actually like meet up in person. I'd love to come to one of your workshops. Both of us would. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Okay, so let's tell you a little bit about Live Lightly. So we are a husband-wife run company, and our mission is elevating consciousness, and we do that in several avenues of conscious consumption, uh, contemplation, living a contemplative life, uh, which is mostly focused on, you know, developing a personal practice uh, of self-objectivity and meditation. And more recently, in the last year or so, we've developed year-long study programs. And just the expansiveness of those has become really huge in our work with people one-on-one um, in different spaces in terms of developing svasana personal practice for people one-on-one and then we've also uh, delve in the plant medicine space just a bit in terms of working one-on-one and in groups very cool so i'm curious how did you guys get started in this i know it's been a, a probably i would imagine a very long journey um but just curious like how did you guys get turned on to this yeah. Okay. I'll start and then I'll let Dan go. <laughs> um, I found yoga when I was 11. So I'm turning 34 this year. So it's been quite a journey. Um, Live Lightly has been an entity for the last five years. And that really came into being when our relationship um, initiated itself, like really birthed itself. Um, prior to that, I had done a lot, a lot of work in the health, wellness and yoga space for a decade prior to meeting Dan. Yeah, and I uh, have kind of a history in mind-body optimization. Um, I have a background in sports where that was always, uh, you know, a big a big point um, in nutrition, in uh, meditation, or in yoga, what I thought was yoga at the time. Um, but that's always been uh, a pretty big focus of mine, um, just trying to, from an athletic standpoint, uh, reach you know, my pinnacle and then post athletics, uh, just trying to develop and grow as a human and, uh, in a partnership. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I love that. And I think that that's kind of the journey, right? Is everybody's is different, but, um, you kind of all, I would say, or maybe it's not something that ever, hits everybody all at once, but maybe gradually like a gradual calling that we hear inside, or something that we get turned on to it at some point, and then that expansion just continues to to deepen and widen, and we begin to to feel more of that, um, I guess, yearning for understanding, right? Like just expanding consciousness. So that's what you guys are doing is so cool, and that's why I think we've always connected, even though we don't know each other. Is I've just always been really fascinated with what you guys do and the words that you guys speak are they always just ring so true to me. And I, I love that you guys are doing this together as a partnership too. I think that's something that's uh, very interesting to me, like that dynamic of having a partner, a soul partner that to go on this journey together. And it also, I would imagine keeps each of you um, accountable in a way, but also challenges one each other. Is that, mm-hmm. is that true at, at all? Or hundred percent. Yeah. More accountable than you would like. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yep. it's a good thing though. I, th- I think it's, it's really accelerated the um, learning curve of self objectivity by having another person there that kind of can call you out. If you know, you may not be uh, being true to yourself, uh, so to speak. 
Yeah, I think one of the other really powerful pieces doing it in partnership, because I've done it solo for many years, and then now in partnership, you know, really holding the teacher's seat, is that there aren't a lot of elevated archetypes in the world right now for masculinity and femininity, and then you take that one step further into union, and we just aren't seeing that culturally and globally for this elevated archetype that is really able to live that out in a productive, creative way, you know, and also have it be a business. Sure. Yeah, it's real interesting to me. Like, I, I grew up, like, just a little history on me, like my childhood, I grew up on a cattle ranch outside of this really small town. And I was surrounded by a lot of, like, manly men, if that makes sense, right? Like, they were all men's men, like, they were all Mm -hmm. hard workers, like, tough guys, never hardly saw them cry. And so when I, I don't know, I always like my mother, though, is very, uh, intuitive and sensitive and i think i maybe got a fine balance of of her and my father both but i as i got older i always was interested in this kind of thing i don't know like spirituality was something that i just felt close to ever since i was like a young age kind of like what you were saying um Mm -hmm. didn't understand it but it was something that i was drawn to i would crawl up on the roof of my house and i would just sit there and watch the clouds and like feel energy you know, I, I could get lost in it for, for hours just sitting out there, like watching the clouds and just feeling like the breeze. And the and so I was drawn to it from a real early age and tried to read on it and understand it. But I think what's interesting, and, and this is something that Dan probably understands, too, is I think from a masculine standpoint, I don't know, it always felt weird for me to talk about it almost at, at, at some point, like to be spiritual and to be um, you know, feeling the love was, um, something that was, I don't know, not, not looked down upon or shame, but it was more of a feminine thing. It's the way that I think I was at least, um, perceived it like, and so I'm curious, like what that journey has been like for you, Dan. And if you ever felt like, I think we're beginning obviously to see a big shift now, um, as consciousness is expanding and uh, more people are being aware of this understanding that this isn't necessarily related to gender, but it's, it's a universal consciousness. And that is, uh, you know, for me, it's the spiritual consciousness of connectedness. So I'm curious for you, Dan, like, what does that mean? Like, what has that been like for you? Yeah, totally. I I think that's uh, a systemic issue in our society um, that men aren't allowed to have emotions. Men are not allowed to express emotions. Um, and that makes you more of a man, but in reality that I think that makes you less of a human. That's, that's something that is, uh, an inherent quality in everyone, whether you're man, woman, identify whatever, um, emotions and feelings and, um, being able to express them freely, uh, is, is something that as all humans, we absolutely 100% need to partake in, um, you know, I, I grew up kind of in a similar situation. I had a brother. I was a younger brother. So it was always kind of, uh, you know, grow up, be a man, don't cry, like all that kind of stuff. And then especially true <laughs> yeah. in sports. Um, and I got to see, um, you know, just just kind of the, the ugly side of it. And, uh, you know, you put on a you put on a shirt with a number on it and stand between two lines and all of a sudden you're you're no longer human and people can say whatever they want do whatever they want to you um and you know you're not supposed to show emotion by that or or from that and and that was that was very difficult for me and i definitely felt like uh salmon swimming upstream in that um in that pursuit of athletics and ultimately um in my exit uh, felt a lot of relief in that I was no longer subjected to that uh, hyper-masculine, um, no emotion, really less than human kind of environment. Uh, it, it was very difficult for me, but, you know, being in a partnership now that uh, I am able to fully express myself emotionally on a daily basis, uh, it now feels weird to me to not do that. Um, so really rewriting that uh, for myself and and trying to, um, you know, facilitate that in others, in our workshops and with the, the people that we work with. Um, 
through meditation, plant medicine, whatever it may be. Um, there's obviously, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, but just getting those emotions out, um, in the masculine, uh, I think is, is 100% necessary in uh, the current state of the world that we're in. Yeah, totally, man. I, I agree with you 100%. And I think, I think it's obviously it's needed, you know, I feel like suppressing all of that emotion is, and we're talking, you know, generations upon generations for, you know, man and woman, but overall just, that kind of suppression is, I believe it gets to the boiling point, right. To where it just turns into an explosion. And now absolutely, we've seen so many problems arise from that. And I think what we need to do, and that's kind of my hopes with this podcast is just one more way to spread this idea of it's okay to, to be open and vulnerable and express your feelings and also encourage that between one another, you know, because at the end of the day, we're, we're all humans. We're all, uh, we're all connected. And so to put up these walls of separating ourselves from one another and pretending to be a certain way or wear certain masks of being too tough or too nice or too this or too that, um, it's all it's done. All that it's done is suppress us. I feel like. And so by just opening these conversations and doing what you guys are doing, having workshops, um, I think we're beginning to see people just, hopefully break down those walls and be able to open themselves more to their true self. Definitely. Yeah. In the, in the, in the vein of suppression, you know, I think, um, you know, I also have a, a little bit of a background in science and one of the laws of physics, right? The, the law of conservation of energy, it can't be created or destroyed. And emotion yeah. is energy. And if you're suppressing that and denying it, it's going to come out in another way. Sure. And that way yeah. may not necessarily be the most productive. So I think that's, you know, for uh, argument's sake, for someone who may not buy into this, um, the fact that these, these emotions are energy, they, they have to go somewhere. And if you're transmuting them into in ways that you don't realize, it's, it's most likely to the detriment of yourself or those around you. Mm. Yeah, totally. I'm curious for Sue, like how... Uh, how is it, how did you guys begin to cultivate that? I mean, how was that journey as a, uh, between the partnership, um, like unraveling almost in a sense of um, breaking down those walls and becoming okay with uh, just being true to one another and then exploring that? Yeah, um, I, we definitely see our partnership as three entities. So Dan, Sue, and the partnership. Um, and the partnership has its own frequency and its own structure. And the only way that that structure is healthy is if Sue's structure is healthy and Dan's structure is healthy. And then a harmonious relationship is possible. Um, so I think early on um, in cultivating this ground together, we had to really lay the yellow brick road of psychological and emotional safety Meaning when Sue feels unsafe, how does Dan get into an emotional position to hold the space? When Dan feels unsafe, how does Sue get into an emotional position to hold the space? Um, and to really be cognizant of that, uh, to not always process each other's emotions together, but one to be the stronghold and one to be processing and to be able to switch roles like that. Um, definitely takes time because you really have to have a lot of a handle on your own insecurity and you have to have a, an immense handle on your own insecurity. When that's the case, then you can actually step out of your own insecurity and be the stronghold. Then partnership arises, right? Then the harmonious structure of partnership, the third entity is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's a great way of putting it. And that's a great I think philosophy in general for how to, how to structure your relationship, you know, in a partnership like that. And I know speaking from, you know, for myself and my relationship, it's that journey has been that for us was, was under, I had to understand myself well enough before I could be 
a good partner, if that makes sense. And I think we both had to do that. We, we had to understand. Um, I, I realized that a lot of things that I had been doing and continued to do was all baggage that I had been carrying around. It was um, these false belief systems that I, you know, was still living by. And then I was wondering why I was bringing pain or destroying things around me. And it was because I was, bringing that same pain into every situation I was going into. And so for me, it was a, I mean, still is, but it's an immense healing journey for me personally of, of uh, becoming who I felt like I needed to be. And there was a lot of like, uh, you know, reconstructing my thoughts and belief systems that I had learned and just a lot of reprogramming for me personally on, um, and not just for my partnership, but for me as a whole. And then also so I could bring that out into the world, if mm -hmm. that makes I think, you know, I think a partnership is, and what you guys are saying is very cohesive to our relationship with our fellow humans and our businesses and the world as a, as a whole, right? Totally. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely <clears throat> integrative systems. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I have this belief that, you know, it all starts with you. Right. And if you want to change the world, then you have to start with yourself first, you know, quit trying to change the world outside of you and go inside first. And really you'll find that most of the problems that you thought you were dealing with that were outside of your control are actually things that have been inside of you all along. Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious, like with your guys's workshops, um, I know you guys are doing a lot of work and you've been writing a book and what are those workshops like and what, um, uh, how did you get started into that? Yeah, totally. Um, so I've been teaching for about 15 years. So that helped lay the framework of, you know, when I found intimacy and relationship to bring that into the space as well. Um, our workshops are so wide ranging, you know, sometimes we teach in yoga teacher training programs all over the US. And then really in the last two years, we're trying to refine our work to be um, much more in alignment with how we would like the next decade of our teaching to go, if that makes sense. So sort of getting out of the commercial space more and more and more. And, sure. you know, really getting into um, plant medicine, partnership workshops, um, teaching on my book content this year, you know, about divine elevated gender attributes. Um, and then Dan and I hold the seat together a lot in plant medicine and meditation workshops. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. I love that you guys are doing that. Like I said, I I'm very fascinated. I'd, I'd love to come sit in on some of your stuff at some point because I feel like there's so much, um, you guys have a wealth of, of knowledge and wisdom. I feel like um, it just kind of shines through your guys' work. So I, I, I feel honored just to know you guys both, even though I don't know you know you. I feel like I do. And, and the work you guys do is just, it's incredible. And I can't wait to see, um, you know, this transition that you guys are making, like you said. And I know you guys have so many things in the works. Um, very excited to see that in the content of your book and everything that you've been working on. Yeah. I'm sure you, you, I know you and your partner know the space well when only like a fourth of your stuff is in public and the other yeah. three fourths is like this <laughs> oh mad scientist process <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like it's more like almost four fourths of my stuff is <laughs> mad scientist behind the scenes. I've got too much crazy stuff going on and it's, it's for me, it's all been like balance and I still struggle with this today. It's something that I'm always refining, but I feel like I'm pulled in so many different directions and there's, and that's changed over the years. Things that I really thought I wanted to do have taken more of a backseat in some ways. And then other things that I never really thought I would have, you know, wandered down that path have now became much more of my focus. And I think a lot of that for me has been this, like I said, I, the spiritual awakening in a sense to where I just realized that there was so much, it felt so much more purposeful to me. I mean, I 
thoroughly in, enjoy all of the creative work that I get to do. Um, I love that stuff. And to me, that just feels more of like an expression of what I get to do. It's, it's even though it's a full-time business, I, I'm trying to balance that to keep it fun. But at the end of the day, my real, I think, focus and yearning now has taken me in a completely different direction, which is more of understanding this space that we're talking about and getting back to a truth, you know, inside of me. And it's just mostly all born out of self-discovery and my own, you know, curiosity, I guess, of understanding these things, like I said, inside of me, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's powerful. I think, as you know, and once you hear that calling and once you have kind of shifted into that space, it's, it's, you can't really turn away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah no getting off the path once you stepped on yeah yeah and good for you for giving yourself the freedom and fluidity to follow that i think a lot of people just keep trying to jam the square peg in the circle hole <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah that's a great way to put it and that's so the outlaw you i mean the the name outlaw for like the outlaw archetype has always been something i've been drawn to for different reasons over time and that's evolved also but really the outlaw you the word the, the outlaw for me was why I stuck with that name was not so much as, you know, the lawbreaker, the, the rebel, but more so as carving your own path, like walking um, outside of maybe the norms of what we're told we should be doing or what we're told we should be thinking. And so the outlaw you was born out of that philosophy of, um, listening to that calling and, and listening to your, to that higher voice that's guiding you and not, we're so commercialized and, and everywhere there's just so much media, there's so much news, there's so much, I mean, I feel like the world is so noisy and it's only getting noisier by the day. And so for me, it's been finding a way to, to balance that, like I said, because I work in that space sometimes. So it's hard for me to juggle that sometimes since I work in film and media and that can be so loud and it's, I think it can choke out the, the real, um, I think that what really matters to me at least is that is something deeper than that. And so for me, it's been honing in more on that and listening to the, and listening to that really holding space for quiet time. Um, and so I know that that's, I'm wondering what that's like. I know for everybody, like we're, we're so engulfed in the social media and we have to run businesses now that are so heavily dependent on social media. It's a great tool, but I know also there's so much noise out there. So I'm curious, like what that balance is like for you guys. Yeah, totally. So I, I definitely think there's a catch 22 uh, to social media and always being connected. Um, I think the upsides of it, though, because I used to run brick and mortar businesses and as an introvert and highly sensitive person, it was so challenging for me to be in the physical presence of hundreds of people a day. Um, so I do really appreciate the uh, solitude and connectedness that Dan and I both get to create balance in our life with when it comes to media. Um, that really matters to me because Dan and I spend a lot of time in nature and a lot of time in solitude. And so, yes, we have access to be connected 24-7. And then I think when push comes to shove, that's a decision that each of us need to make, that there are times and hours during the day when we are not connected. Um, we've gotten really created, creative with the way that we run Live Lightly so that we actually can unplug on certain days of the week, certain times during the day, um, where it's up to me. No, do not look at the alert. Turn off all the alerts. Turn the phone over and go do what lights your soul on fire. No one else is going to do that for you but you, Sue. So get going, yeah. baby girl. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like really deciding that, yes, we do live in a very, very noisy world. And that volume knob, my hand is on it. Um, so I really appreciated that in the balance of Live Lightly and moving more of our business to online media has been really fruitful and really helpful for us. I wasn't 100% sold on it. Um, in the yoga tradition, there's this idea of transmission. 
And I really had to get over that and realize that I didn't need to be in physical contact with everyone all the time and that I can actually hold a space and a frequency from afar. And that can also be very, very transformative. Um, And then in terms of just our personal life, like our social media is for our jobs, you know, and so I, I really draw that fine distinction if that makes sense so a lot of the stuff that goes on in our partnership and the intimacy and the privacy of our lives is very sacred it's a sanctuary for us and um, that's been a choice that we've both made of that you know we're not trying to vomit our relationship issues and our own personal issues onto social media you know vulnerability doesn't mean lack of boundaries or lack of containment um, and that's something that we've also really worked through in our marriage partnership and business relationship is that our media outlets are are for our business. And yes, they are 100% authentic, but they're not the totality of who we are. Mm, I love that. And I love what you said about the truth of being, you know, that you're the one, your hand is always on the volume knob, right? Or the on and off switch. And I think that that's something that everybody needs to, you know, remember and uh, give themselves like take back power in that sense. And remember that, you know, this is, it is, it's a tool and it's a great tool for connect. Like we, have we not had social media, I may have never have met you guys. So there's so many wonderful things about that. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, people may not be able to listen to this conversation. So there's so many upsides to it that I think we have to focus on and, and just remember that, yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, it's your space to control too. And it's so easy to just turn off the switch mm-hmm. and, you know, go outside and have a walk and spend solitude or quiet moments with your partner. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. And then, you know, from the yogic point of view, such a decision to make, you know, I am what I practice. So if I'm, you know, constantly connected to my media, right, then I'm training my central nervous system in a particular way. And is that really how I want to live the private, quiet moments of my life? Mm, yes. Yeah, so true. Because, I mean, personally, when I just, uh, when I work on certain projects that are just so heavily demanding and I'm getting just like, you know, email after email and phone calls after phone calls and so much uh, online, like so much media, there's so much content that I literally can feel my nervous system. I get to, I mean, I'll... <laughs> go have a quiet moment and I can feel it buzzing. You know what I mean? Yes, it's, it's totally. like, it's, it's running rampant and I have to like quiet it down, go outside, like feel the sun, feel the dirt, feel the breeze. And then I can push all, you know, I can get my center again, but being connected all the time, definitely not, you know, I don't believe that that was the way we were meant to live. Cause I think we're just getting more out of touch whenever we're doing that. Yeah, totally. Just like you're saying that like buzzy moment, you know, and and really being able to understand, yes, I'm pushing my human system to its edge, to its edge. So it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. to, you know, get it off the end of the plank. Sure. And I don't think our, our human bodies have evolved to that. I mean, technology evolves so quickly. And the human evolution, I feel like the way that our body adapts is maybe a little bit slower, but it's, it's whenever it's being flooded and that consistency is growing, I feel like the body is, is yearning to go back to that place of like, Hey, remember, I'm, I'm still, uh, I still need to, you know, get out in the dirt and go for walks and have some sunshine and like, you know, our bodies and our nervous systems, I don't think have quite adjusted to that kind of um, constant pressure. Definitely not. I think that could definitely uh, be one reason why we live in such a sick culture is force feeding ourselves that, that we just aren't used to uh, consuming on 10, 12, however many hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, the light is always on almost, you know, and like you said, you have to remember your hands on the switch, because if not, I mean, we do, we, I think as human beings, we need that solitude and quiet time. And that's really where 
truth lies and that's where really our our true nature is is in nature and surrounded by all of the things that we are one with and yeah i i i love having these conversations with you guys you guys are so awesome and i can't wait to hang out with you in person because i feel like this is some this is an ongoing conversation that i could have with you guys for a long 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 time because again i'm just so uh, fascinated by it in general. And I love, um, I just love having good conversations with people like you. We feel the same. Thanks. I'm curious what, what the outlaw, what that means to you guys. I know to everybody, it means something different. And I just was kind of explaining to you like what that meant for me, but I'm curious, what is, what does it mean for you guys to, to be outlaws? Would you consider yourselves outlaws or, you know, what does that archetype mean to you? Yeah, I I like the word. I really do. I feel like inherently, you know, I'm hesitant to even say this, but I feel like I've always been like a little bit of a troublemaker and a little bit of a renegade. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, now that I've structured a life that works for me, there isn't so much push against a structure that um, pushes back. That makes sense, you know, but definitely in my teens and 20s, insanely outspoken and and not in the most productive ways um so i i like the idea of renegade i think that uh we definitely need um i don't want to say like in a perpetuating pain way you know but in a Mm -hmm. way that's really like asking big questions and re uh like shaping culture in a way that's asking big questions we need different vantage points right now um so i definitely think the word embodies that yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think for, for, you know, years of my life, I bought into systems that I didn't necessarily agree with, but went along with them because that's, you know, how society had conditioned me up to that point. Um, and what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, like I said, with sports, uh, with working nine to fives, with institutionalized education, all these things, I always just kind of felt, Um, Like I was going against the grain Um, and then in meeting Sue and, you know, over the course of our, however many years it's been together now, five years uh, and, and really developing um, systems and methods and a lifestyle that's conducive to, to our true nature. Um, You know, looking at it uh, through the lens of, of, of outlaw, um, it makes a lot of sense now, and it's it's not um, it's not the the path of least resistance. It's not the easiest way, but it's it's the way that we found uh, our systems to be most successful and conducive for health and happiness. Um, that that's kind of how I relate to the word, and, and it it feels right for us. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, that was kind of, like I said, the journey behind my discovery of that name. For some reason, that name, you know, Outlaw, Renegade, those types of names always resonated with me. And I don't think it was, you know, from a necessarily like a troublemaking standpoint as in, in terms of like bringing pain or causing, you know, uh, not, not that sort, right? Um, but growing up watching the old Westerns, something about the guys always living life on their own terms and, you know, carving out their own path, something about that always resonated with me. And so when people were always, you know, as you grow up from a child, like you said, institutionalized education, uh, career paths, work, uh, college, I mean, it goes on and on, right? Uh, diet. I mean, there's so many things that we've just been like force fed and it's been crammed down us. And that never set right with me. I would always be the questioner type. So when somebody would say like, you should do this, I'd be like, but you know, why, why Mm -hmm. should I do, why do I need to do it that way? Like that just doesn't really make sense to me. I need to decide for myself that I want to do it that way before I do it because just the idea that you're telling me to do it doesn't necessarily sit right with me. So that was kind of my discovery of outlaw. And like, um, and then as I grew I, and I got older and I just started looking at the world as a whole and I started looking at people and how much suffering and pain there was around us. And I feel like so much of that is self-inflicted in a way, right? Like there's so much of that is because, 
we're swimming upstream in a sense. We're, we're chasing what we believe is going to make us happy. Um, whether it's the job, the title, the accolades, whatever that is to each and every one of us, we're chasing it and we don't even know why. We're just doing it because we were told that that's what we were supposed to do. And I think that that's, for me, my observation has been that that's why so many people are so unhappy and we have so many health issues because really we're disconnected, I feel like, from this deeper sense of purpose, right? That doesn't come from society telling us what to do, but rather it comes from a much higher source. And that if you can listen to that and you, it's like you guys, you know, and you, and you, I know you've seen this in other people, like people when their soul is lit up and they're on fire, you can just see it in them. Like they're glowing. You can see, and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy by any means. It's going to be, you guys know this. I think all of us that have kind of went on our own path have seen it is very challenging sometimes. And you wonder like, what the hell Mm -hmm. am I even doing? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I I think that at least probably once a day, like what the hell? (laughs) 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 But I mean, but it's more fulfilling at the end of the, the, the day, I think. So I'm curious, like for you guys, what your thoughts are on that? Yeah. Um, I think you both really hit the nail on the head and, you know, both paths, you know, have resistance. And that's one of the things that uh, is the benchmark of humanity is that we will all suffer at some point in, you know, and suffer greatly. Um, So it's not as though, you know, writing your own path doesn't contain resistance and doesn't contain suffering. And I think that's really important to understand. It's just a different kind of, relationship to the suffering because there is a like heartfelt mission behind each action and so like part of me is like okay bring it on bring it on you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah. The, you know this is the way this is how we're going to put one foot in front of the other this is you know intention filled heart filled action and so that feels really good to both of us knowing that yes the resistance is great and that's totally fine um, because it's the intention and the heartfelt action that makes a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then I think also just like really being able to think bigger than you currently are is really important, right? When you're writing your path forward and deciding what you want your life to look like and living a life of alignment and like strategic design is, you know, I often ask myself, well, what do I want to be doing in five years? What do I want to be doing in 10 years? And am I making decisions today that honor that? Mm, Yes, totally. Yeah. Long-term thinking too, you know, it's, I feel like it's so easy to dip into that instant gratification of like feeling good right now. And that's not to say you can't feel good right now. I think you absolutely can feel good right now, no matter what your circumstances look like. But I think building that, that, you know, long-term path and vision of, like you said, what does my life look like in five years? Or what does my life look like in 10 years? Because I feel like if you're maybe chasing that instant gratification, you're almost just, you know, chasing your tail and eventually you may just be running in circles. Right. And, and then collapse because you're so dizzy and (laughs) you're left wondering like, where was I even going? And there's no gratification here. Um, so I'm curious too, like what, there's two words that I, I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like they always come up and those two words are purpose and surrender. And I'm curious what those two words mean to both of you guys. Ooh. <laughs> I know those are both giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's, there's books, there's libraries written on both of those words. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, I think uh, in terms of surrender, I think we both kind of had a lesson in that this past week. We were we were sick, and there was um, kind of a necessary surrender to the healing process. Um, and for me, that's I'm always kind of a go 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 person, so that's that's kind of difficult. But there's some profound lessons in in surrendering to what is, and you know, this past week it's just been been resting. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think there's I think there's a fine line between um, surrender and, and getting kind of walked on or apathy. Um, 
and I think for every person that's different and you have to build the uh, uh, self-understanding um, to know where that line is for you. Um, for me, I, th- I think surrender definitely plays into uh, taking care of my body and not running my body into the ground and, and treating it uh, as a tool rather than, um, you know, these divine vessels that we're all given that are capable of such great things beyond just, uh, you know, the physical. So I think surrendering to, um, really taking care of that has been, um, the lesson for me, especially coming from a past where it's, uh, a lot of physical exploitation. Um, and the other word was purpose. Uh, you know, For me, I I think about this all the time Um, and purpose uh, is, is that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning before your alarm clock. It's the thing that, you know, maybe keeps you up at night uh, out of excitement, not anxiety. Um, It's, you know, what, what puts a smile on your face. Uh, I think I have a few purposes um, that I'm discovering in this life. Um, And the one I'm certainly most proud of is, um, my role in, in the partnership that I find myself in. Um, I think that's a huge purpose to facilitate uh, all the things that Sue's done in her life and that we continue to do together. And it's something that I'm 24 seven excited about and a purpose that I can, um, you know, really write my name on and, and, and be proud of. Yeah. Wow. Very well said, my friend. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so surrender is maybe one of the biggest, biggest, biggest spiritual teachings <laughs> of all time. Uh, you yeah. know, across lineage. Um, I think it has definitely been at number one, if not number two, back and forth. You know, most important pursuits of, as I know myself, Susan Ashley Hunt, this time around. Um, I think there is, uh, it's just the ultimate, right? Drop to the knees, let go of the ego, not concerned with how this works out, but this is the work ahead, you know, and constantly reframing that all the time, really every hour of the day, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it surrender it, you know, in sense of like to a universal flow. I mean, I've always been a very connected, intuitive person and get lots of downloads and image and words and to not doubt that and to really understand the difference between the intellect and, uh, you know, divine inspiration and not surrendering to the glass ceiling of my intellect, but being really, you know, drop down to the knees when it comes to divine inspiration and following that all the time, even when no one else gets it. <laughs> yeah. No big yeah. deal. I get it. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's all that matters sometimes, yeah, right? <laughs> definitely. Um, and then in terms of purpose, um, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, my karma and my dharmic path this time around. And again, it's not something that anyone else can understand and really staying committed to that dharma, that work that has to be done um, in in the present moment. You know, it, it can't be done in the future. It can't be rewritten in the past. Um, it really has to be done in the present moment. And really knowing that my purpose lives in the present is something that's very, very important to me. Yeah, wow. Yeah, both of you very well said. I I love that insight. And it's so true. I think those two words go hand in hand, really. You know, you can't almost say one without the other. And I think for me, surrender has always, again, going back to what me and Dan were saying earlier, surrender always was, in my mind, a weak word. Like there was weakness in that, right? Because it felt like you were giving up. And so that was something I always kind of pushed back against was like, you never surrender. But again, that word has taken on a completely different meaning for me now. And for me, I think it is surrendering to that purpose, that unfolding of what is encoded inside of me already and trying to be birthed. And the idea that I can enjoy 
like you said, it's a moment by moment thing because you almost have to pull your awareness back constantly and just remember to, to surrender to that moment and not, you know, you can have the, the foresight of thinking about the future, but not so attached to the outcome that you can't enjoy what's happening right here, right now. And there's this guy that I, I was, I talked about him on the last episode. His name's Raj. He works at Walgreens and we've had these incredible conversations just like in the cash outline. And we were talking about this surrender and he was like, um, I believe he's Hindu. He's in his probably, uh, I would say like early sixties now. Um, incredible, incredibly neat uh, individual. But we were talking about this one day while I was, you know, buying something in the register and there's about 10 people stacked up behind us and he didn't care. He just wanted to have this conversation. Um, but he was like, you know, in these moments, like I can be so happy right now. You know, he's like, I've seen the most beautiful sunsets, whether I was sitting on a beach or I was sitting in my backyard or I was looking out this window and all of them were equally beautiful. And I could equally say that they were all one of the best moments of my life, not because of the situation or the circumstances, but because it, that's what it meant to me. And so really thinking about that, I was like, you know, there's so much truth in that, that yeah, so easy to be thinking about all the things we need to do or should be doing. And sometimes we just have to surrender to the moment and say, everything is okay and good right now as it should be, no matter what it, what it looks like. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been a powerful revelation for me to, understand which is i feel like i'm just at the forefront of this new journey but is understanding that nothing is outside of me but everything is within me kind of uh feeling and understanding mm -hmm. that like healing is not something outside of me it is something you know i feel like there's so much we're the ego and us we're so good at at, at separation right believing that everything is outside of us it's like a destination that we have to get to or something that we need to achieve or something we need to chase and for me it's been a big uh, just life circumstances and things that have happened in my own life have caused me to kind of sit back and reflect on this and think my my own personal revelation was understanding that everything is is inside of me that I am one with all of these things. So healing is not something separate from me. It's something that is within me. I just have to be open to receiving it and break down those barriers and realize that I am, I am one with it. If that makes any sense to you guys, I don't, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, what yeah. a powerful idea to surrender to. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, full, it, full and total self-sovereignty, full and total self-responsibility. Mm, yes yeah yeah contentment is that, not contingent on anything external totally and that that is so difficult to wrestle with i feel like that is that is my you know momentary moment by moment reminder of surrender for me is you know pulling myself back to that place of like i gotta slow down quiet down and I mean, you guys are achievers too. You know how it is. You're entrepreneurs. You're busy. Like you said, it's hard to, there's so much you feel like you want to do. I know I get that feeling. Like there's so many things I want to do in this world that I could just explode sometimes, right? Like oh, yeah. I get so excited thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, I want one hand over here, one hand over here. I'm going to do them both at the same time. And sometimes I have to pull myself back and be like, whew, okay, slow down, calm down for just a minute. And let's remember that contentment right now is not contingent on that. And that is all just an external expression of my gift that I want to give to this world. But it, my happiness and my joy is not dependent on whether I achieve those things or not. Yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, that's like the work of entrepreneurship right there. You know, where is my energy most potent? You know, it's my responsibility to get it into a container that it's the most potent. And if I'm wasting it in other areas or draining it in other areas because of my own ignorance, my issue. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 Very, very interesting things to ponder on there. And um, yeah, again, very, 
I think inspiring things too. It's, it's like you said, Dan, it's the things that wake you up in the morning before your alarm clock goes off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, guys, I'm so excited for everything you guys are doing. I can't wait to, to meet you both in person. Um, me and Colby will be up there soon. Um, Yay. so That'll I definitely, great. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely need to get together next time that we're up in that neck of the woods. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's and been... I just want to no, no, honor no, no. both of you, right? So I'm, you know, identify as she. I'm, I'm sitting in the space with two beings that identify as he, right? And I understand, like, it can be difficult to walk the path of rewriting masculinity, and it's, and it's really needed. And I just want to honor you both for doing that. Mm, thank you. Well, likewise to you guys, mm. I and mean, both of you are incredible um, leaders. I feel like in this space and. There's so much to be learned and you guys lead such a beautiful example of what you guys are doing. So hats off to you. And I just really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Likewise. Thank you so much for, for chatting with us. Uh, yes. We really respect everything that you're doing as well. Mm -hmm. Your words, your creativity and uh, your composition. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys very much. That means so much coming from you and, um, one last thing, tell, tell all the listeners where to find you, uh, you know, uh, social media, website, all that good stuff. I want everybody to, uh, that listens to this to, you know, be able to get in touch with you. Sure. Our website is livelightlyyoga.com. And then our IG handles are livelightly underscore and livelightly underscore wellness. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. It's been a true pleasure and I'm so grateful that we've been able to connect and talk like this. And I want it to be the first of many, many great conversations we have together. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the outlaw you. I'm so grateful to our co-hosts Sue and Dan from live lightly and for their wonderful messages and insight. And thank you so much to our listeners for spreading the word and for all the wonderful comments, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Again, if you feel like this is something that somebody you know would enjoy or might gain some value out of, please uh, share it with them. If this is something that you are resonating with, please reach out to me directly. And if you feel like you would like to be on an episode, please get in touch with me as well. I would love to have you, and I look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Thank you so much.